Welcome back to another episode of the Rag Report podcast with me, Sean Anderson, bringing you a daily bulletin show all the way through lockdown, really to help the global recruitment industry learn from others. These are advisors, owners, investors, coaches, and anyone who's prepared to give up their time to support the global recruitment industry, both get through the pandemic, but also navigate this new digital world that we find ourselves in. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Beth Armconnect Miller. Beth is the founder of Executive Velocity, who are a talent advisory and leadership organization helping SMEs and privately owned businesses in the US and abroad um, build talent pipelines, understand their leadership functions, and also scale and exit. Uh, Beth started life in the staffing sector, um, our very own recruitment space, um, and so she's got a really strong affinity and knowledge base in this space. And one thing that we talked about before the show was how she helps founders exit their businesses without having a, a you know a long lock-in period. And and I think right now with lockdown, everyone's reevaluating their organisations. What does that look like for them? Um, I want to get under the bonnet of how recruitment owners can really benefit from Beth's knowledge and keep that long-term scale and exit vision in their mind. Before I do, let me mention our, our sponsor on a very similar topic. So Rise Recruitment Ventures are an investment business who also help recruitment companies scale and exit. These guys sold liquid personnel in 2016 for over 20 million and are now backing the next generation of recruitment owners to do the same. So if you're a new startup or an early stage recruitment business and due to COVID-19 might be interested in financial support, but also the support around building a brand that's set for scale. So with the foundations of a world-class recruitment brand, then you should reach out to John and Alex via www.riserv.co.uk. Right. Back to the show, Beth, welcome to the RAG Report. Well, thank you, Sean. I've been looking forward to our conversation this morning. Yeah, likewise. And uh, you're joining us from, uh, I don't know if it's sunny Atlanta, Georgia. It's definitely <laughs> not sunny in the UK right now. It, was it is sp- sunny. Yeah. It's sunny today, yes. How's, my first question to everyone on the show has been, for the, for the listeners, can you paint the picture? Just describe your life right now. What the hell's going on in your world? <laughs> well, it's a lot different than if you'd asked me uh, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, here in the States, we're... Um, depending on where we are living, uh, state to state. Uh, here in Atlanta, I'm, um, I have a little more freedom than uh, a number of other states. So in fact, I had my first um, face-to-face meeting last week. Wow. Um, yeah. I, in fact, I said to my client, I feel like a little kid going off to, to school for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd been so long. Uh, so so I have spent, fortunately, a lot of my work is uh, virtual. So I haven't had a, a huge change in the way that I operate, although um, I have missed those, those face-to-face meetings and, uh, and my training. I do a lot of, of workshops, and those have all, all been put on pause. Um, they've decided they don't want to do kind of the Zoom uh, workshops. And uh, we we put it on pause. I've I've got a, a number that are going to start up in July. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet. Um, what? Well, let, let's let's go backwards then and tell us just overview of you and the business. Like, what do you actually do? I've given you an intro, but I'm never I'm never going to be able to do it justice. <laughs> yeah. So, Executive Velocity, uh, we work with small, mid-sized companies. Generally, I look at companies from uh, an employee size versus uh, a revenue size. So. Okay. Generally, it's 30 employees, upwards of 300 to 500 employees. Um, the companies generally have HR 
but they don't have somebody that's looking at their talent in a strategic way and looking at it um, from a standpoint of um, who you have now and uh, what does your organization need to look like in order to meet your future goals. And those might be very different. And so I'll, I help companies to evaluate um, their current leadership, um, their current organization, and try and match the people to the right positions. Oftentimes people are in a, a position that may not be the right position, especially smaller companies that have, have you know, elevated people into positions because they were a great recruiter. And all of a sudden, well, gosh, they, they should be the recruiting manager. Well, performance and potential are not equal. And, fact, and, and those jobs aren't actually that similar in some ways. Like I, I've, I was that guy who was billing big money and um, I think I did show potential of leadership. Like I was definitely the sort of person that gave time to others. And I used to be a school teacher before. So ah, I probably yes. had a lot of that. But I still, I remember when my bosses picked me up and said, we want you to become a leader and a, and a manager. And I was like, I found it really difficult, if I'm honest, because I was like, as a recruiter on commi big commissions, it was the first time in my life I was earning the money I'd imagined. And now they want me to split that and build other people. And, mm -hmm. and it took me a long time long period to get my head around it and, and adjust because, but then I did have that future foresight that I one day wanted to own a company. And I thought if I, if I just operate as a, as a one dimensional lone shark, then how am I ever going to build teams for myself? So I thought, well, I'll learn this skill set on their money, their brand, which right. for me worked, but that is definitely not, especially in recruitment. That's a really, it's probably one of the most difficult moves you can make. Recruiting and sales, both, yeah. which are, are the, basically the foundation of a staffing industry, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's recruiting and sales. And both of those, they're um, what I call subject matter experts that uh, a, a leader just decides, hey, we want to elevate them into a, a management position. And so often they're not prepared. Um, that's oftentimes when I'm called in is because there is some sort of gap uh, related to um, that new leader that needs to be developed. And so one of the things that, that I work with, with companies on is really understanding what potential means versus performance. Because really, potential is a subset of performance. So high performers, in general, only one out of seven have the traits that are high potential traits. And a lot of companies get confused as to uh, performance and potential. So I have that conversation. We, we really define what potential looks like in their organization. And part of that often will be identifying their core competencies that an organization has and needs from its employees and the core leadership competencies that leaders need to have within that. It's, it's such a I think it's a really interesting space like we uh, my business like like just before lockdown we we were we were working with someone like you um who's been very very um experienced in growing marketing agencies right mm -hmm. um and 
we were we did that vision where does the business need to be in three years and we looked at that leadership layer and then you kind of it's incredible the gap of where you are now and where you need to be and you're like you know are they are the people we've already got the right people are they going to be new people and it just creates such a um an emotional roller coaster of what the hell we're going to do but so exciting as well without that I've still got that in my head. I've locked down or not. Like I've still got that leadership team in my head of where we're headed. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it kept yeah. me, it's, kept, it's keeping me on the, on the kind of straight and narrow right now. Um, yeah. what you said, you mentioned you've got a history in the sector. So you worked in, you worked in staffing originally, did you? Um, it was my, basically my second career. I, right. um, I started actually in finance with uh, a fortune 500 company and, um, left. I was, I was in sales at the time. I went from finance to sales and left to work for a staffing firm. Right. And that's where I met my husband who um, was selling as well, but in a, a different um, geography. And when we got married, uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't be competing. <laughs> so um, he went off and started an accounting temporary services firm. I was in right. the IT sector. And... Um, he finally convinced me because he was the entrepreneur. I'm, I'm not a big entrepreneur. Um, he convinced me to join him and start a, um, it consulting. So we started actually high, high up and and did project work. And then we went downstream to, to staffing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that was back in, in the nineties that um, did that work. Yeah. So that will set you in good stead to work with staffing businesses now though, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Although, you know, it's interesting that it's the, the industry has definitely changed. Um, but, but the, the core of it hasn't, right. It's, it's all about people, Hmm. all about people. What I find very interesting and, and we made the same mistake when, when we had our firm was we were great at finding people for our clients but when it came to recruiting and identifying the right people for our team, we weren't so good at it. I'm interrupting today's episode to bring you a message from our sponsor, Odro, the market's leading video interview platform. But today we're not talking about making video. We're talking about an industry-wide challenge they've put together to raise money for the Teenage Cancer Trust. And it's called the Active Recruiter Challenge. So coming up on the 10th of July, which is a Friday, They are challenging recruiters all over the world to run either a 10K or a half marathon, running from your homes and choosing your route up and down the country. So um, everyone's getting involved. I'm personally about to get involved. I've held back because I've had some injuries, but I'm about to do it. I know my business partner and my mates are getting involved. It's 25 pounds each and you can nominate your friends and get your whole business, all your recruitment team included. Choose whether you want to run a half marathon or a 10K. I fancy the half, but I'm not sure I'm fit enough, but let's see. Um, and get involved by downloading the Strava app. So they've put together a very specific Strava group that you sign up to, and then you join the group with your friends, colleagues, and all the other recruiters out there. There's going to be a runner's pack with numbers and wristbands that will be sent out by the Odro team. Um, and you can see all the information on Odro's blog for, for further details. It is as close as we can get to the real thing of meeting people, being together right now. And also it's for an amazing charity. So, um, you know, you need to get started and do this, guys. Um, I'm officially training. I hope you're going to be there too. All the information is going to be shared um, below this episode. So get involved. Back to the show. 
what I find very interesting, and, and we made the same mistake when, when we had our firm, was we were great at finding people for our clients. But when it came to recruiting and identifying the right people for our team, we weren't so good at it. Yeah, it's difficult. And I think the nature of recruitment, though, as well, is the backgrounds, you, can, you can't, unless you're looking for experienced people with track records in recruitment, which is a bit easier, but then I mean, sometimes you bring people with all sorts of habits. And, you know, the one thing I found when, when hiring experienced people was they're really good at interviewing. <laughs> they say all yes. the right thing. Right. Um, but when you're looking outside of the sector, it's almost, a, you know, anyone can do it. I know people, I, I know a client who picked up a guy in a fish restaurant who was just, this Irish guy was leaving the fish restaurant and they thought he was great. Next day he joined the firm and now he's like a million pound biller in London. And you can't really, you know, you can't say I want people from a specific background because they come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's one of the things that I work with, um, especially the smaller companies um, because they, they don't have um, the brand that a larger firm does. And so, so they need to cast a wider net. Mm-hmm. and look for um, those individuals that um, might be outside of the industry, but have those core competencies that are going to make them successful. Um, the, the great leaders that I know are really good at that. Um, I, I know one um, individual I've known for quite some time. He's built a, a huge um, ice cream empire here, here in the States, and he is amazing at, at being able to identify um, high potentials outside of, of his world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I really credit uh, his, the growth of his company to that. It's massive. So what, yeah. what I wanted to touch on with you in, in a bit more depth was that whole scale exit. How, how do you get yourself in a position as a staffing recruitment firm to, to, successfully walk away which i think most if most owners are honest with themselves i'll say most because there's not always the plan will be get to a certain size certain scale and an exit and sell and i don't know go and live on a beach somewhere or whatever um so firstly like pre-lockdown what what do what would your advice be to uh anyone who's a mid-sized recruit or even in their early days if they're starting to if they're definitely long-term thinking that's the that's the plan for them Right. I, th- I think um, overall, my, my uh, advice has been to make yourself replaceable. Okay. And, and that's all about, you know, building a strong leadership team where you aren't working 24-7. Many, many of the smaller staffing companies, um, the, the owner is still in operational mode. They are, they're working in the business, not on the business. And they're wearing multiple hats. Um, they're, not, they're not looking towards the future per se. They're, they're looking at um, what the end of this year is gonna bring yeah. um, for, for revenue and profit, for instance. So it's how do you make yourself replaceable. Um, there was, there was a um, firm I worked with, uh, this was probably about 10 years ago, and he, the owner, did an excellent job of that. He, he realized that um, he wanted to be able 
to take a lot more vacations with with his family and his, he was get he was, had become a grandfather too so he wanted he wanted to have those family vacations um but the way his his company was running he wouldn't be able to do that no so he started being very purposeful about the individuals that he brought on his team and identified uh, a vi the vice president of sales as his potential successor. And three years later, that individual was, was president and he was, the owner was able to uh, get his work week down to one day a week. Sounds and like the dream. It, it is, but it, you know, takes a lot of work. You, you have to start three to five years ahead of, of the goal of. So is that, is that, would you say, I always think thinking further than three years is really difficult. Like personally, I think one yeah. year, one year is really easy to see. Well, not easy, but you, you can visualize one year. I mean, I got, right. I, got yeah. married, I got married a year ago and I feel like I've, it's been a blink of an eye. Right. Yeah. Um, crazy first year getting married in lockdown <laughs> best year definitely um but three years i can see it i can feel it any uh, five years just feels a bit i don't know like yeah. a little bit you're making stuff up after three, in my head a little bit yeah and, and you are but you've you've got to put a stake in the ground right and and the the issue is if if you want to create that leadership team you don't Ideally, you don't want to be hiring the president and training them and getting them up to speed over the next year because that individual, they don't have the history. No. They don't have um, that, that culture that they, they understand the company has. I mean, it'll, it'll take some time to, to, um, for, for them to really understand what drives the culture. Uh, ideally, especially again in those small, mid-sized companies, you want to identify and develop somebody from within. Um, a great example, last year I was working with, with a um, smaller firm, probably, they were on the small, probably 30 employees, 40 employees. And um, the woman that owned the company, she had decided she wanted to retire. She was in her early 60s. and um, but she had not spent any time developing a leadership pipeline. Mm. So there was nobody on her team that was prepared, even close to pre prepared. They didn't, there was nobody with potential. Even no. if you had three or four years to develop somebody, there was nobody there. So she ended up hiring somebody um, from the industry to, to come in. And it was a disaster really an absolute disaster and she had used a recruiter professional recruiter she actually knew this guy and she had had experiences with him in the industry uh, but there were things that she neglected to do and uh, and she didn't take the time up front to kind of transition she basically she had a she had a house on the beach and she's she's like okay got him I'm, I'm going to head and right. And there, there was no, there were no metrics 
to, to keep in check with him as he transitioned. And it, it was a complete disaster. So it's an, I find that the, the success of, of transitioning leadership takes time. It's not about hiring that person outside. Now, if, if you've got a large organization where you need um, some sort of um, specific expertise um, that's not generic leadership, that may be where you want to hire somebody. Like uh, there's a company I'm working with in Florida. They, they realize that um, you know, they're doing some succession planning. They've identified what their organization needs to look like uh, three years from now. And one of the, the positions that's missing is a um, CIO. Mm -hmm. They've got technology folks that are director levels, but they're, they're not going to be ready in three years. So they, they need to bring somebody on. Um, and one of the things that that person needs to be doing is developing the people below from a succession planning standpoint that will be prepared to take that guy's position when he retires. Yeah. So it's, it's looking at that pipeline and identifying who are those people that um, have potential and what, what, are, what are the development plans for those people? One of the things about the nature of, say, of recruitment owners, though, is they're, and I hope people listening aren't going to hate me for this, but I'm probably not that far away. It's, it's, it's quite ego-driven, typically. They're quite, you know, they've been really successful, really successful yeah. salespeople. And, you know, most owners I've talked to, they'll still say, you know, I've got the best relationships with clients in the business. And, you know, if things need to get done, I'm the, I'll drive it through. And um, I, th that is where I always think, this is probably my biggest, my biggest fear of myself, if I'm brutally honest, is that, Mm -hmm. Am I going to struggle to one? I've built this brand, which is synonymous with our business. But two, you know, can I really let go? Can I can I can I give other people the rate? And that's what I've got to work on. I really want to do that. Um, have you seen that before? Where that you know the, the recruitment owner is a they they say they want to exit, but their behaviors are oh, completely yes. And it's not just with the recruiting industry. Mm. Um, a lot of it is my belief is is that. Um, your your persona yeah. and um, your identity it revolves around your company, whether it be a recruiting company or uh, a manufacturing company, whatever. If you have built the business and watched it grow, much of of your time and energy over the last how many years. Mm -hmm. has been with that company. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time, especially with older uh, leaders, owners of companies. So in their you know, late fifties, getting them to start thinking about what does life look like after the sale of your company? Yeah. How are you going to um, have a purpose driven life? Because your purpose before was your company. Now what's it going to be? Yeah, the guys from Rise, the sponsors of our show, uh, I had a similar chat in October, November last year, and they talked about 
really quite almost being a little bit depressed when they sold like they mm-hmm. these guys were mid 30s i think made 10, over 10 million each and you know what do you you don't even know what to do with that kind of money especially where, but also they were so ingrained in a business that they'd step back but still their whole lives were associated and then when they stepped away they were they were completely away and they right. weren't going back in they were out so it was like you know I think they took a took a bit of time to get used to that, and it, you know, and then they said, you know, there's always a second horizon. That's why they've started a new business because it they, they're not they're not done yet. And I think right. depending exactly. on your age, there's a lot of recruitment owners in their 30s and 40s that have mm-hmm. got really substantial companies that are turning over millions, and you know, they might sell in before they're 40 or before they're 45. Right. I know, are you right. are you really ready at that point in your life to sit and play golf every day or whatever? I mean, you, you're not, are you? No, I mean, we, we sold our business um, back in uh, 02, and um, we, we don't have kids. And so we did t- take some time to travel. Uh, but what, what I realized was, you know, there was only so much travel. Mm. Uh, there was only so much volunteer. I did do a lot of volunteer work, uh, what, thinking that I was going to be retired. <laughs> and then uh, I got bored really quickly. Mm. And one of one of the things that I realized about myself was that I I love to learn and I need to have my mind challenged. So I was really fortunate at that point to find Vistage. And I'm not sure if, if oh. you or your um, uh, listeners know Vistage, but it's a CEO membership organization. Right. Um, it's actually international. And there's there are chapters I know in in uh, the UK and Australia. Okay. You have listeners there. It's it's a, a way where um, business owners, privately held for the most part, come together on a monthly basis, right. and chairs like myself would facilitate the meeting. And it was a safe place for leaders to get advice. So it was like an advisory board or a think tank. But one of the things that it provided me was that I was always learning from, from these folks. Mm. And uh, I also provided coaching. So that's how I got involved with, with coaching was, was through Vistage. Right. Yeah. And, and then the third component for Vistage is um, a um, speaker that comes in. So I, I was constantly learning. And then when I stepped away from Vistage last year, that, that was a big hole for me. But I realized at, from going through selling the business back in 02 that I need to fill that. And mm-hmm. so I've been really purposeful of, about getting education, um, you know, s- seminars and, and webinars and things like that, that feed that, that for me. A message from our final sponsor, Vincere. Vincere, if you don't know, is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform for recruitment and staffing businesses globally. Now I first heard about Vincere, it feels like, a while it was about a year or so ago and this business came out of nowhere from speaking to recruitment agencies and, and i've always asked them what crm they use when i when dealing with them from a hoxo perspective the same players usually used to come up but this word vincere kept coming up and i was like okay i've heard this two three four five times it must it must be uh must be an interesting brand um and now i hear vincere almost as much as any other brand out there So I did my research and what I love about Vincere is they're looking to partner and invest in the same types of organizations that Hoxo do, which is the future 
high growth recruitment business, what I call progressive owners. Um, these guys are putting a product out there to level the playing field and help smaller businesses and those growing to edge over their competition. Um, it's, it's proven to be a disruptor in the space. Um, more and more people are using this, this software globally. They recently broke into the G2 crowd momentum grid as the market leader on stellar reviews from users. So the, the, the recruiters that are using Vincere are raving about it. They've got five global offices headquartered in Vietnam. So they, if you've got uh, an office anywhere in the world, they've got this follow the sun methodology. So the support is absolutely top notch. Um, and also by sponsoring the RAG, they're giving a unique offer to our listeners. So if you're listening um, and you want to get involved, go to Vincere's, V-I-N-C-E-R-E dot I-O forward slash RAG, where they're going to be offering you a unique exclusive deal because you listen to the RAG podcast. Get in touch today. In terms of the current situation, so I, I, I completely agree with everything you've said on the front of, you know, the, the replacing yourself and all that. Moving forward, we're in a world now where I don't know about you in the States, but I know for a fact the, the community that I serve have made it clear on numerous occasions, some of the people that probably were thinking about building 200 man businesses or person businesses, sorry, are now thinking about a different strategy. So they, they're, they're starting to, I mean, I, 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 I lead a branding marketing business and I've been saying for three years that I personally believe that the future of our sector of the recruitment space will have a huge branding tech automation element to it. I think not convinced recruiters will be replaced by robots, but I am, I am convinced that brands that rely pure on sheer people power to pick up the phone all day will, yes. will lose out when you know, others adopt modern techniques. Yeah. Um, so, but it feels like that, what I've been saying has all been merged into one and every, everyone's on, it's on the end of everyone's tongue now because we're forced into this digital world. No one's meeting anybody. Like you say, it's, it's rare. Webinars are everywhere. You know, one of my clients have, We've had over five thousand attendees to webinars in the last six, seven weeks. So, wow. they've, they've 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 managed to build a really good community that um that that, that other other recruitment businesses haven't done. Um, but when it comes to the owner and their long term plans, again, that's I think there's a lot that are reevaluating. What have you worked with anyone recently? Or have you got any advice on how people can? almost see through this pandemic to where they need to be because it will end in my opinion. It's not going to last forever. Hopefully not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually have a, a client here in Atlanta and um, a lot of discussions recently have, have been around what do I need to be doing differently? And this is the time to, to make shifts in the business and the discussion around, you know, the people aspect yeah. of the industry. And, um, you know, one of the things he's doing is he's making some shifts around technology and um, some, actually some really exciting uh, things that, that he's been working on that actually started pre-COVID. He had these ideas, but now he's actually putting them into action. They were, they were sitting there as, as an idea in the in his in his parking lot, but this has has driven him to to take action on on those. So yeah, the the companies that are um, have leaders who are um, 
caring for themselves from a standpoint of, of energy and emotion are the ones that are able to be, be led through and out of this COVID in a more healthy way. Um, the ones that are, are stuck in the, the same model, uh, they're not gonna survive. They, they just aren't. Um, I talked to a, to a woman who's got a smaller firm, um, has lost probably 35% of her revenue, and she's exhausted. Hmm. She, I, I basically, I recommended that, you know, she, I don't even know if she can sell the business at this point, but if she, she can, it may be worth it. Um, because she doesn't have the energy mm. to to lead and move forward. Yeah, how, I feel I really feel for those people that were close to it. Too. You're the guys that were. If you're early on in your journey, you're nimble. You know, you're like me, for example. I'm three years in. I've got a long term exit plan, but you know, it's not. It's it's a it's a blip in my opinion. Right. You know, I'm 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 happy to elongate a couple more years. It's fine. Um, but if you're 10 or 15 years in the game, 20 years in the game, you, you, and you had a sale time of, I don't know, summer 2020, yeah. and you've now lost 35 to 50% of revenue, you've put your team on furlough or whatever. How do you bring yourself back from that? How do you cope? Because surely you're constantly just thinking, what if? What if? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and part of that uh, is that mental toughness that some of us have, and some of us don't. Uh, those that don't, um, it, either either you pull up your bootstraps, as we say, and and sh- soldier on, or you need you need to figure out your exit quickly. Um, the the people that I work with, like like the woman I I shared with you, um, who's I recommended that that she probably sell. I don't, I'm not even working with her. She reached out to me yeah. and she almost, it was almost like she needed a therapist to, to talk to for, for 30 minutes. Um, but as I heard her talk, I, I knew that I couldn't help her. Yeah. She, it was, it was, she was too far down the path. It, this was something that had been going on pre COVID. She had lost energy pre COVID and now this kind of put her over the edge. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I personally, when I, when I look to work with business owners, I'm looking for those that have that energy. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't have hiccups. And, but, and those are the, the times that I help get them through those, mm-hmm. is helping them to, to think about situations differently by asking uh, questions that they probably have never asked themselves before and um and and helping them set themselves up for the future um I, my my role even though especially if i'm working in, the, in a staffing company yeah i have the experience uh, and knowledge of the industry but it's it's the leader's job to come up with the solution it's my job to ask the questions and challenge their self-limiting beliefs uh, to help them get get to that solution. Right. 
makes sense. So it is really about looking deep into yourself and thinking, do yes. I have the fight for this? Exactly. Do I have the fight for this? Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. someone who, at the beginning of lockdown, different industry, but they, they lost, their, I think, 85% of their revenue in, oh. in a week. And oh. they, I was chatting to him and he said, I don't want to fight it. He said, like, so he scaled it right down. He's, he's basically like a freelancer now. And, he's, and he seems quite happy. Like, he wasn't enjoying it pre-COVID when it was a, a big size. So he was like, you know, it's not. But he was pretty quick to, to identify that he wasn't in the fight. And, yeah. uh, and I think that, you know, I think that was a good thing because it, it kind of freed him up of the burden. Whereas if, you're, if you know deep down you've not got the fight, but you're trying to show you do for other people, that must be a, like, it must feel like you're running in quicksand. And that was my advice to her as well, was, you know, it, if you don't have the energy, the people around you are going to know it. Yeah. They're just, I mean, they're just going to know it. And, and you know, they look to you for their leadership. And you're not at a, a point in your life that you can lead them forward. So if you can sell... Look at it. If you can't, then what, what are your options? There? Well, and then, then, you know, then her option is, you know, how, do, how does she set up her, her company where it's, it's as nimble and, and um, cost efficient as possible? So, you know, she was thinking, well, okay, I've got some office space. The lease is running out in six months. I'm not going to re-up. Mm. We're going to work from home. Um, we've been working from home anyways for the last three months, yeah. uh, and it's worked fine. So, you know, how does she reorganize to a point where um, she's not losing money? It's crazy. It's exactly yeah. the same conversation I had with, with my contacts. And um, I, do, I, I do feel for those people. But the ones that have got the energy, I guess, would you just, what's your advice to them then? Just keep, keep the, the vision, just push it out maybe a bit longer? Give yourself the grace yeah. of a few more years. Right, exactly. And, and, and most of them are, are um, the ones that I've spoken to, nine times out of ten, they, they realize that, that this is the rebuilding year. Mm. Um, just like back in 08, 09. It's a rebuilding year, and if they had plans to, to sell in the next couple of years, well, that's going to be a few years out. Or... Um, they just have to readjust their, um, their expectations for the sale. Mm. But the final thing then, we've got a few minutes, but in order to sell, whenever it is, whether it's three, five, 10, 15 years, the key components you need to consider are that you've, you've replaced yourself from almost all operation. Exactly. Including, yep. including that CEO sign-off. You need somebody else who's doing that. Yes. At that yep. point. And yeah. what, would you, what would you be doing in that? What, 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 yeah, what, would, what would you be, be your role before you exit? What would be the things you would be responsible for at that point? So, yeah, so it's, it's it, in the case of this uh, one gentleman I was uh, talking about, he, um, he got to the point where there were only uh, major financial decisions. Um, if they were going to buy some you know, significant um, capital equipment or something like that, that, that he would get involved with the decision, but you know, all the hiring, he, you know, he didn't know who was coming and going from the organization. Um, he had set, set up um, a, a reporting mechanism. So he knew how things were going and unless they, they went sideways, he, he wasn't going to step in 
and um, and talked with you know the president about it because the president they had been working long enough together that he knew um, and had the confidence and trust in that in individual that you know things were going to be fine um, and ultimately what happened was he was able to sell the business he had two uh, cash offers cash all cash and he had no employment contract so he literally could walk away I mean, that's like it's the dream. It's the yeah dream. yeah well Beth, you got me. Uh, you got me thinking about my day on the beach in the future, but maybe, <laughs> maybe a, a lot a long time for now. But look, that, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. And my, I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed the show and um, your your words of of they're actually really really simple stuff, but stuff that you forget and you you know times like this you need to hear. So um, if anyone wanted to reach out and ask you you know to help them or just for advice, maybe they need 30 minutes of a psychology therapy <laughs> session. Are you are you interested? In, in that in yeah, so a um, couple things one is um, during this these challenging times I am offering uh, 30 minute uh, pro bono coaching great so they can reach me um, through LinkedIn which is uh, Beth arm connect Miller which is a r m k n e c h t Miller I'm the only one we'll make <laughs> sure you we'll make sure you're tagged in this all as well so yeah and then um, my website which is executive-velocity.com. Brilliant. All right. Well, look, I'm sure people will take you up on that. Um, guys, that's it for another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you've, I know you've got your long-term visions. You've, we've all got our short-term tactical things to think about, but um, it's still important, even at times like this, to pull your head out of the water. Look, on, look, look above the business rather than inside the business and think about the future because, you know, we've all, We've all got the future. We just need to be a bit more patient than, than probably we were before. Um, in the meantime, don't forget, I don't ask for you guys to pay me for, for this show. I do ask you to do one thing, which is share the show. So share with another recruitment owner. If you're in a network, you've got friends who own businesses, please pass this on because people like Beth are giving up their time. And this, this information is going to help us all come through the pandemic together. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow with more insights from around the world. In the meantime, you stay safe and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing force. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, 
which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much, and we will see you again soon.